0: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, doing sir? Doing good. Let's do this. All right. So on today's show, we are going to review the Cowboys rookie class. What are we, 12 games into the season now? Um, obviously, we know a little bit more than we did uh, earlier in the season. We still have no idea how these guys are going to turn out, but we can get a pretty good clue as to what their ceiling might be. So we're going to actually start backwards, work our way back to the first round pick. Um and let's just talk about the rookies a little bit. So let's go ahead and start with their undrafted rookies. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about is Lewis Neal. Uh, he was fantastic in training camp, uh, got cut, made the team's practice squad, and is now playing some snaps. I mean, They're playing him a little bit at the three, a little bit at the one. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what Lewis Neal's future here is in Dallas, but I like the player a lot. What do you think about Lewis Neal?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's a guy that you know came in here and and you know immediately kind of showed off, and and it was it felt like it was right away you, you got you saw him showing up more than even the guys that you drafted. Uh, You know, later rounds that we're going to talk about here in a second, and 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 so like from the from the get go, he starts showing off, and and he immediately kind of establishes himself as one of those guys who could be a candidate to make the team as an undrafted free agent, and you know, and he kind of just continued that throughout camp. But now he's he's actually on the active roster, Um, you know, he's getting snaps in there, and 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 he's and he's doing some things every once in a while. So I you know I don't know you know I think that the issue with him is is kind of. That you don't, you don't really get a super versatile player. He definitely can play. Uh, he definitely can play the three technique. I think very well with with his size. I think that's probably his best fit position-wise. They put him in the one technique. I think more in pass rushing situations because I don't know that he's a guy you want taking on double teams, and I don't know that he's a guy that you can necessarily put outside a defensive end. Though so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could put him some snaps there. I just don't think that he's necessarily. You know that's gonna be his best fit. So he might be exclusively a three technique type. But if if you could find a way to use that, I I think that he can give you some snaps. He's explosive. He's he's shown to be that. I I, I'm excited to see what you get out of an off season in the in the, the training training room with this guy. I mean, just I think we'll see a different player come next season, maybe maybe a little bit stronger. And and so. Um, you know it's good that he's getting these snaps in, but but I, I'm I'm excited to see more a little bit next year. I don't think it's a guarantee that this guy is going to be on the team next year, or anything. But I do think that you know there's an opportunity for him to you know be with the team in the off season and really develop into something, uh, and maybe you know compete for a rotational spot in 2018.
0: Yeah, so for me, I think he's a guy that's probably going to bounce on and off your roster you know, throughout the season. Depending on you have, whether you have injuries, I think he's a perfect guy to have on your practice squad that you can pull up if you have an injury to Malik Collins or David Irving. Um, I like Lewis Neal. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with having that kind of player on your roster. I mean, undersized guy, that can get some pressure. Uh, last week, he had, he had a nice play in the run game where he just bullied the center. So I'm curious to see what he's going to look like next year. Uh, let's move on to one of your guys, a guy that you actually love probably quite a bit more than I do, but tight end Blake Jarwin. Uh, you talked about him in the off-season a lot in training camp. You thought he performed well. Tell us a little bit about Blake Jarwin.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know that I absolutely love him, but I, I think that the the thing that you love him, what I, I do like him. about him is that, you know, we spent and, and this is what I talked to you about, you know, off off air is that. Yeah, you know, we spent a lot of time in the off season before this, you know, getting excited about what our tight end group was going to look like cuz we we're going to we thought, you know, we were all excited to see what we what we had in Rico. Um we were all excited to see uh Hannah and and Swaim kind of return from injuries because we really didn't get, you know, a full campaign out of them the previous season. Um, and so we get in here, and, and 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 now we and at that point too, we had, you know, we had gotten rid of of of, uh, of Escobar. So we get into training camp, and suddenly there's this guy with number 89 at tight end who's who's making all these plays and, and showing up a lot, and, and and maybe you know catching your eye more often than some of the other guys that are supposed to be. Like we keep going, who's 89? I know it's not Escobar, and it ends up it's this kid Blake Jarwin, and and I don't even know, I, I could be wrong, but I think that there was even another tight end. Uh, a undrafted free agent guy that they brought in. That they was it
0: Connor Hamlet. Was yeah, that it was. That's, that's what was Hamlet. Like yeah, yeah, I think
1: you know that, that they actually. I think there was more hype around. So like this dude wasn't even like the top five tight ends like on the team when he got here. Like and and that's that's I like guys like that. And Lewis Neal was also kind of like that. Where these guys are buried, buried, buried on the depth chart. Like how do you even have six tight ends on a team? You know, and it's like. Uh, and and, and, he, and he keeps finding ways to catch catch the eye, and so and and that's you know that's where the meritocracy of, of NFL does exist. Is is at that lower level where those guys they all get brought in and and they compete with these you know fourth fifth sixth seventh round pick guys, uh, and the guys that stick out are the ones who stay. And and Jarwin and Lewis are examples of that. Where I mean those guys weren't brought onto the team necessarily to make the team. They were brought onto the team to you know to Fill out roster to, to help them, you know, facilitate practices with the hopes that maybe some guy would would, would show you something. And, and Jarwin and Lewis Neal were those guys who showed you something.
0: I I just don't know what the end game is with with Jarwin. I mean, is he going to be the team's you know third tight end in the future? Is that the plan? I mean, I'm 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 sincerely asking because at this point, I mean, I made my comments my feelings pretty clear about Rico. I would love to see him as a third tight end. Give him ten snaps a game and use him. But do you think Jarwin's a guy that they could potentially groom to be the next James Hanna or Just? Sure. I mean, why not? Like, I mean, I, I think that.
1: I, I mean, okay. I think yeah. I mean, I think that, that it's not that Swaim and Hanna, um, you know, have s- physical skill sets that are uh, unreachable by a guy like you know uh, Jarwin. I, I think that. I, I think that really it's it's more. Learning this, uh, the whole thing with tight end, and this is the thing with Rico too, is that tight end's a very difficult position to play. It, they they're going to ask you to do a whole variety of things, and you need to do, Especially
0: yeah, in Dallas. Uh, uh, yeah. Especially I mean, I, I think
1: you need to do them well, and and well, and it's not just Dallas. I, mean, I think any team that you know it is mostly Dallas, but I think any team. Where you're going to have a run first offense, you know, like you're going to need to have a two way tight end because you need you're going to pass the ball and a tight end is going to need to be an intricate part of that because he's probably going to be on the field a lot blocking anyway. So you need a guy who's got the versatility and the smarts to play the position and also has the physical ability. And I think the doubt, you know, you can credit or blame Dallas for a lot of different things, but one thing I think that they've been pretty decent at doing is developing tight ends. So I, I think that there's some, you know, thought. To having some extra ones on the roster with the idea that hey maybe if we wanted to move flip Hanna before we had to lose him or Swain before his contract's up or you know something like that uh, for a low level pick now we've got Jarwin and we don't miss a beat and suddenly we got we got a you know it's it's the same idea as like a quarterback on a on a much smaller scale essentially you know it's like if you know that you're good at developing right. a position. You know, find a way to get an extra guy on your on your roster develop him, and then maybe you can flip one of your middle middle you know uh, depth chart guys for a pick and 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 you know just kind of keep the, the cycle going
0: right absolutely and I, I mentioned this to you yesterday but I would not be surprised if the Cowboys move one of those tight ends in the offseason you know maybe for a late round pick maybe for depth at a certain position because like you said they can develop tight ends but uh, one last Rookie free agent. I'm going to talk about before we get to the actual picks, and I have to say this is probably the most surprising of all the players, and it's Cooper Rush. Um, I know Cooper Rush. I don't. Th- maybe he's played a couple snaps. Yeah, he played a couple snaps against yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but but going back to the preseason, I don't think I was more surprised by any one player than I was with Rush because he stepped right in the game. Uh, was confident, was not afraid of the moment. Uh, you can see he has pocket presence. He's a little bit more athletic than I initially thought. Am I expecting him to be the team's franchise quarterback and you know take over Dak's spot? N- no, I, I'm begrudgingly saying that, right? No, no, I mean of course not. He, I, I think if he can develop into a solid backup. That has value because we've seen other teams in the league spend, they have to spend a lot of money on that position. The Cowboys spent, I remember one year, they think they spent $6 million on Kyle Orton. Uh, teams have spent draft picks. If the Cowboys can steal their backup quarterback for the next eight years in free agency uh, after the draft, I think that's a fantastic choice or fa- fantastic signing. I'm really excited to see what he looks like next year with a full season as being the backup quarterback. Quick thoughts on well, Cooper I Rush. I
1: mean, a couple things, real quick. First off, another guy who wasn't even the 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 higher ranked undrafted free agent brought in at his his, his position, um, who yeah. continued to show out. I actually, uh, I mean, I I certainly did not anticipate what he did in the tra- in training camp and preseason, but I, I I thought just watching his tape out in college that he was going to come in and had the potential to be. A backup quarterback, maybe as soon as this year. I didn't think coming out of, you know, coming out of training camp. I thought that he would be a third, a third, third QB, and then eventually they would do the shuffle. Uh, you know, a way of. Well, I guess he didn't. He didn't come out of training camp because we still had. Uh, well, Kellen Kellen Moore. Moore, but, but I mean I, that quickly, happened really quickly quickly he beat him out though Yeah he beat, he beat, him, him, beat him out, out quickly yes. like, and I think that I think that I you know I I thought I saw that kind of potential because he was a guy who started a ton of games in college um and you know he he's a lot like Kellen Moore himself except with better physical tools now the difference is is that Absolutely. I mean I think you saw some of his tape too I, I, he has a better arm than he did in college, or I, I don't. I mean, he's throwing the ball yes better Absolutely. than he was in college. Uh, so I mean, I think that that's that part was surprising, but and and that I think
0: obviously and that and that happens to quarterbacks. And this really quickly, this is a side, just a tangent. Quarterbacks' arm strength typically get better when they get in the NFL, anyway. So I, I, if a quarterback's biggest weakness is his arm strength, I don't I don't worry about it too much because that is something that you can yeah. improve. As depending on what
1: it is, depending on like if it's a motion problem, yeah, sure. I think I think those things. And, and and again, a full off season to actually focus on throwing the ball as opposed to all the other things that a college athlete goes through could could work could work wonders for a guy. So especially for a guy who you know has been at Central Michigan University, which may have fine co- coaches, but now he's considering NFL, so he can hire like a you know a legit college quarterback coach who could really give him some of the you know fine tuning he needs. Anyways, long story short, he came out way I mean I like I said, I maybe had I thought high expectations more more high expectations than everyone else did <laughs> and even my expectations were ridiculously over, you know, were passed and and uh, and exploded by what he did. So, kudos to him and yeah, I mean, you, you can't be anything but excited about what you've seen from him so far.
0: All right, quickly, let me guys tell you guys about draft Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week 13. Excuse me, we're in week 14 now, aren't we? Yeah, we're in week 14. Uh, The best part, play for cold, hard cash and get this. Your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you're going to love it that they're even offering a 100% money-back guarantee if you don't enjoy your first game. So just search Draft in your app store or go to draft.com. And come play for free right now with the promo code LONFL. All right, so let's get into the actual picks. We're going to speed through a few of these. Uh, The two defensive tackles the Cowboys took in the seventh round, uh, Joey Ivey, Jordan Carroll, neither of those two made the roster. Neither of those two made the team's practice squad. Uh, any just quick thoughts on those two players? Just,
1: I mean, I guess really just disappointing. I mean, they just – neither one of them really showed anything at any point either. And, and I, I mean, really to me, I think Ivy kind of showed some things at times, but – I mean, really, both of them just seemed, no matter how much they tried to put them into situations uh, to make it positive on them. Uh, you know, I think sometimes you see that with, with young players that they'll even, the coaches will even try to, you know, especially the picks, they'll try to put them in situations to get them to succeed, to try to, you know, kickstart, a, a, you know, some success, to kind of kickstart some, you know, kind of something to happen for them. And it just wasn't happening for those guys. And unfortunately, it
0: just didn't pan out for either one of them. The other seventh-round pick that they had was wide receiver Noah Brown, who is increasingly playing more in the last couple weeks. I really like Noah Brown coming out of the draft. He's a young kid. I think he just turned 21 years old. He's got a lot of size. He's been dealing with a couple of nagging injuries uh, in college and in the NFL. But uh, he's never going to be a number one receiver. But in this role that the Cowboys like to have, this kind of hybrid wide receiver tight end role that can come down and you know cut some of these defense ends and cut some of the linebackers, I think he's got a lot of potential. I love his ability to win in the red zone. I'm curious to see what he's going to look like in year two. I, I kind of expect him to take a big jump. Uh, I know the speed of the game is a little too fast for him right now. He's got to probably slim down some. Uh, but I like Noah Brown's potential. The problem <laughs> the problem with the Cowboys receivers is they're all kind of the same on the outside. They're all these a little bit bigger, a little bit more lumbering guys except for Bryce Butler. So if you're looking for somebody to bring speed to the offense, it's not Noah Brown, but Brown has a role in this offense that the Cowboys view it, that is very important. Um, thoughts on Noah Brown? Yeah.
1: I love his skill set because I do feel like it's kind of unique and I, and I hope that they actually start to use him more um, in the passing game while moving around as kind of that H, H back blocker, blocker situation. I think, I think that, you know, that, has the potential to create some really good stuff in the in the way that you can use you know motion him across the formation, some whip motion, some some reverse you know fake whips, some like you know stuff where you can get him moving, you can help you dictate um, you know what's going on in, in the coverage schemes. You can block, you can have him block, you can have him arc block linebackers out of the backfield. I mean, he's not a fullback. You know, per se, but but no. but what he can do is shield guys off. He can get to guys and 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 you know cause enough of a uh, hesitation that it, it helps your running back gain an edge. And then the the, the other side of that, of course, is that what I, what I like to see more of is play action off of that and and, and throwing of the ball, in, in, especially in situations where he's coming across formation, he's wide open. So. I think I'd love... He's good after the catch. He's really good after the catch. I think he has value as an outside receiver as well. So I, I think I'd like to see his role as it is increase more because I'd like to see the offense kind of continue that down that that path of using the, him like that or using those kind of players. Um uh, and but I do agree that you know as far as you know I, I think he's his te- his place on the the team is secure. But as far as like him being a potential future wide receiver one or something like that, he's either going to need to slow down and get and add speed or 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 something. But I I don't necessarily I'm not actually necessarily requesting that. I I kind of like him as a bigger wide receiver who can do these kind of things and then also play on the outside. We gotta if you if we're gonna if we need speed we need to find it elsewhere because I like what this guy's skill set right. is at this point.
0: Um, and really quickly, I won't be shocked if Noah Brown eventually ends up being a slot receiver because I just don't know if he has the quickness to be an outside receiver. But you can use him in a slot almost like a tight end, In a lot of the same ways that the Steelers use Juju uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, where you're having him block, you're having him catch. You know, Tough passes across the middle. I won't be shocked if Noah Brown ends up in a slot. All right, let's go to their next pick. Uh, a guy that I really liked in training camp in the preseason, and I actually have some high hopes in the future, cornerback Marquez White from Florida State. I think he's got the the potential to be a number three or number four cornerback in the league. I like his size. He's a little bit too grabby at times, but he's a very physical corner that's not afraid to tackle. What did you see from Marquez White uh in training camp and in the preseason?
1: I actually think he can be uh a little bit better than that. I think he could be a cornerback too. I don't know about right away, but I think that he's a guy who um you know, I I think he's got uh he doesn't have uh elite speed. Um but what he does have is he has a good body and has a good understanding of how to use his body and positioning um and uh and how to use his body against a uh, receiver to uh shield them off from the ball to uh deny them the ball to play the ball and and I think he, he you know he has a basketball background and I think all that shows in his movement abilities again he isn't exactly uh a burner he's not a guy who you're going to want to put on Deshaun Jackson and have him flip his hips and sprint down the field with him but in a situation no. where it's a zone coverage system, and you want a guy on the outside who's fluid, who moves well uh, in short areas, who is comfortable in space and comfortable being in a zone, and, and doesn't look lost with uh, his fa- his eyes towards the quarterback, I think this is what Marquez White can be. I agree, he's a little bit handsy right now, but I think that's also because of the speed of the game and and, and him uh, catching up with what you know. He needs snaps. He needs he needs lots and lots of snaps, and, and I think right. he's going to get a ton of that in the off season. When I, I said that I think his potential as cornerback too, I don't think that that's his 2018 or maybe even 2019 you know outlook. But I think that this is a guy who, but yeah, I road. think this is a guy who, as he develop, he's a smart kid, a captain at, at FSU, a long time starter. He's seen a lot of things, uh, so I think that he's a guy who could develop into one of those guys who ends up playing a long time in the league as an as a uh, as a you know zone corner who is is. Comfortable and heady with where he is. And he has the body to hold up on the outside and uh, and you know be physical with receivers and, and make tackles uh, on the edge when you need it.
0: All right, two quick things on Marquez White. I, I just pulled up my notes from training camp. Uh, the first word that in my scouting report on him, competitive. I mean, a guy that's just going to play hard all the time. And I, my player comparison for him was Terrence Mitchell, a former Cowboy guy that... Um, has had some success in the league, gets called for a lot of holding penalties, but a guy that you want on your roster because he makes plays. So, uh, I, again, that's a guy that I'm curious to see how he develops this offseason. If the Cowboys feel like he can be their fourth corner next year, maybe they don't need to spend a top 100 pick on a defensive back because maybe they're set at that I, position. I like so, that
1: comparison, actually, because they're both they're both physical players, but they're both kind of tall but very slight. They're both very slight, and I, yes. and I, I think physically they compare very well in their athletic ability as well, I think that they're both, you know, it, very good fits in this defense. But also, guys who probably need to spend a little bit of time in the weight room.
0: And <laughs> if he's your second corner and you give him safety help over the top, I think he can be a useful player I'm, in the NFL. So. I think we're both encouraged with Marquez White, even though we haven't seen him yet on the team. I should mention he is stashed on the Cowboys practice squad, and he showed up. As he showed right
1: up. And, I didn't mention this, but he showed up throughout training camp too. Like the, he was actually the first yes. of the rookie DBs that I, that people really that i really started noticing uh, at different times, and it was obviously because he was going against competition where. You know, because of the depth of the at the position, and because of the draft, he's lower on the on the on the totem pole, and he's going against you know the 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 Browns and the and the who was the guy named Lenoir is Lance Lenoir Lenoir or whatever. L- Lance yeah, he's Linoir, still on our teams, but yeah, and then the
0: alphabet so, yeah. suit guy. So they, I don't he, remember. Yeah, Yeah, so so anyways, but receivers. he was
1: one of the first guys to start showing <laughs> up and 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 actually, you know um like making making plays and and then he got injured for a while but then he came back and and picked up where he left off so he he showed things that throughout training camp which to me like is a good sign especially you know considering how young and and not necessarily athletic for uh, the position he he clearly seemed
0: to have a, a good head about him already as a rookie all right, and the Cowboys' other sixth round pick was Xavier Woods, safety from Louisiana Tech. They traded up in that spot, I believe. They gave up a fifth-round pick next year for Xavier Woods. Well worth it. I'll let you go ahead and talk about Xavier Woods, and then I'll add some stuff at the yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, we
1: talked about Woods a lot, so I mean, I don't need to go a ton into it. But I, I mean, I think we are huge Xavier Woods fans. I mean, we we knew that coming in, we were going to get a very versatile defensive back. I didn't think that we. Knew that we were going to be able to get a guy who could start at nickelback and or safety in his rookie year in the NFL, um, but obviously I think that you know he's definitely been as advertised and more so for us. Um, obviously the the question is now you know how how do all these pieces fit together and 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 what's the best position for all these guys and Xavier Woods is a big part of that because you feel like with whether you put him at nickel or whether you put him at safety, uh, you're getting a good. Very intelligent, very uh, heady, very like on, aware a player, uh, no matter where you're
0: putting them. All right, and you guys know that I like to track all these guys, where they're lining up. Just listen to this breakdown of Xavier Woods, of where, where he's lining up. He's got 218 snaps at safety, and those are broken up into a lot of different positions. But 218 snaps at safety, 106 snaps as the slot cornerback, 23 snaps as the linebacker, Six snaps as an outside corner and five snaps as an edge defender. That's pretty impressive from his six-round pick that the Cowboys trust him that much to line him up all over the field. That's I've got to assume that they are really high on Woods and what he can be in the future for yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and move on to... Their fourth-round pick, Ryan Switzer, a guy who just had his best game of, the, of his season against the Reds. Man, he, he's p- lucky he picked that we're talking a, he about picked him a now. good week uh,
1: to, to have this, huh? He's very,
0: very lucky that he picked <laughs> a good week because uh, I absolutely love Ryan Switzer coming out of the draft. Uh, I loved his skill set. I loved what he could do as a returner. Um, but I've been very critical of him this season. I, I don't think he's been particularly good on special teams for most of the season. But on Thursday night, he had a punt return that kind of washes away all, all those bad plays. So uh, I'm not sure what his role in the offense is going to be long term. I would have to assume that he's going to be the team slot receiver. Cole Beasley's contract is up after the 2018 season. Um, I would like to see him play in the slot a little bit more, um, even if it's just you know a couple snaps a game. He's just not that jet sweep player. He's not Lucky Whitehead. He's, he's just not that type of player. But... I think he could be useful. You're seeing his potential on special teams, so I, I'm I'm waiting to see what Switzer is for the rest of the season before I dog him anymore. So, <laughs> give me your thoughts on Ryan. Well, Schitzer. I
1: mean, I definitely agree on on the the jet sweep and, and and that aspect of it. I just don't think he's a great a great fit there. Um, and I was concerned. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was concerned about his special teams uh, stuff. I mean, he looked like the last few weeks things were getting closer, um, but. It still hadn't gotten there until obviously last week. Um, but I, I, you know, look, I think that, I think he, he's going to clearly figure this out. I think that 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 re- return touchdown is going to give him a big boost of confidence. Is going to make uh, take a little bit of the pressure off of that aspect for him, which I think will make him even better. Um, now, as far as where he goes on the offense, I mean, I don't really know. I, I I'm I'm a little disappointed. I feel like. That we haven't seen more of him, um, you know, in route from the slot uh,
0: opposite Beasley. Um, but you can't do it when Witten's on the field. How how can you get Beasley, Witten, and Switzer all on the field at the same time?
1: I mean, that's that's a very good point. And I also think, I mean, the the other side of it is I haven't seen him generally out there running a, a ton of routes. So I, I I I I have concerns there because I'd, I'd like to see him out and route more, I guess. Um, So, and I, and I don't disagree with you. I don't really know if that's the coaches or if, if I, you know, if that's Switzer, like just not being where he needs to be as a route runner yet. Uh, But I think, you know, I, I think we need to see more of it. And, and I don't disagree that if that means a little bit less Witten, then that's fine. But I think that uh, we, the jury's kind of still out on, on exactly what we got in Switzer. I think we know that he's probably a pretty good kick returner, punt returner, with potentially being a great one. Uh, And I think we know that he's not a, uh, you know, the the lucky whitehead role that uh, we kind of, you know, pegged that square peg into a a round hole. So,
0: right. Here's the other thing about Switzerland, and really quickly. He missed a lot of training camp. I believe all of the preseason, correct? With the hamstring injury, I mean, he was. It, it, it's yeah, tough. I mean, it's most tough most of the for training camp to, to miss all yeah. that time. Yeah, and that is true for sure. And,
1: and 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 I don't. You know, that definitely feeds into part of the issue with a lot of this, including. Questions about the overall defensive backfield that extend outside of just the the, the rookies, you know, because you know, and I think right. you know, having, not to get too far into this, but when we get talking to the corners, we can have a larger conversation about how those early injuries not just affected Jordan Lewis and Shadovia Awuzie, but how you were going to use Byron Jones because you can't really figure out the entirety of the defense without them there.
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll cut Switzer a little slack. It's hard to play receiver. In the NFL, it's even harder when you're a smaller player uh, and then when you you have a hamstring injury that causes you to miss, I think, at least a month. I'll cut him a slack. You're seeing what kind of potential he has now. All right, before we get to the Cowboys' three top 100 picks, let's pause for a second so I can tell you guys about Pro Football Focus. Uh, Pro Football Focus has NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, PFF fantasy DFS and NFL draft articles and team and player pages featuring PFF stats. If you are interested in all that kind of stuff and you want a pro football focus and subscription, you can get one for free. All you have to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review for our show, the locked on Cowboys podcast, and you'll be eligible to win a free pro football focus ad subscription. Again, all you have to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave your Twitter handle and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' third-round pick at pick 92, Jordan Lewis from Michigan. Uh, I'm a little interested to see what the Cowboys are doing with Lewis because for most of the season, I thought he was not only their best cornerback, I thought he was their best defensive back. And I'm not sure why his snaps are being limited in the last couple weeks. I don't know if it's just because Skandrick was healthy and they wanted to play Skandrick and Ouzier, but I absolutely love Lewis on the outside. I think eventually the Cowboys would like him to be their slot cornerback and get somebody maybe a little bit bigger on the outside, but I love Lewis's ball skills. I love how aggressive he is. I love that he's not afraid to tackle. Um, I, I just absolutely love that pick. The Cowboys... Killed it in the third round. So, what do you think about Jordan Lewis? This well, season?
1: I mean, I think that part of this—it it seems now, looking back—that I think a, a part of this is about them of trying to actively avoid only having their rookie cornerbacks out there. You know, like I, I think—I think that it's not necessarily that they don't like Jordan Lewis and they're pulling. I, I mean, this is—I I have no idea, but I'm just, this is what my thought process is: is that. I think that when they decided they wanted to start Awuzie this this last week, I think it was just too much for them to think. Okay, let's start Awuzie and Jordan Lewis because it's they just you know they wanted a veteran presence out there on the field.
0: But those guys are good. No, I think I think think that that's
1: changed now. I think that now that you've seen Awuzie out there, I think that and now the Skandrix out there. I mean, they don't really have much of a choice. But I think that maybe that will change. But I think that that's the answer as to why early on, maybe they didn't necessarily want all that to be the solution on there. So, so I, I think that, be, and, and that doesn't, you know, I mean, that explains a lot of things, including, you know, why they're signing, uh you know, they're willing to overpay for a guy uh, uh to come in and be their spot starter for one game. You know, I mean, I think it, it sure, it's basically the, 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 they wanted to have an out. If they, their two rookie corners, with one of their two rookie corners, which, you know, really, if you think about it, isn't, I mean... You you should be buying insurance for that because you don't really know how these guys defensive backs are gonna pan out, you know, especially their rookie season. You just don't know. Like Absolutely. So I think the idea that they could just gamble completely without hedging their bets that um that that, that they have two rookie cornerbacks come in and play well, um, they had to mitigate it. And they mitigated by having extra guys in the roster and then when they played them, not putting them all out there on the field by themselves at the same time because it 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 made for two <laughs> two easy pickings, I think, and I think now that they're realizing that look these guys are ready that they're the most talented players in the defensive backfield, you know it's convenient that Skandrick's got to hurt back, but I think that now it's going to be one of those situations where they're going to go out there it's you know and, and now that they've seen Shadobi go out there and show up. They you know, they've got New York this week and, and and not exactly an impressive, you know, wide receiver core that's available to them at this point. You're being uh, nice. you know You're So being I think nice. I think it's, it's awful. good I think it's a good opportunity <laughs> to get those guys out there and have them all start. Have the young guys out there and, and let's see what this these guys can do, you know? And I think I think but I think they had to, to get into that position. They had to learn to trust all these guys individually to figure out if they could play it together and kind of to go back to what I was talking about. All these guys missed a whole bunch of time in training camp, which kind of blew up the whole plan of trying to discover what their defensive backfield is going to look like. They got they completely lost the opportunity to play with the different combinations of Tidobi and Jordan and, and 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 Jones and all the different guy and, and Woods and all the different guys who could move around in different spots. So they didn't get to do that until in season, and and even then, Tidobi Woozy's been missing half this, these games. So. I think they're finally getting to the point where they can, you know, actively test and 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 see where these guys are. And 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 uh, Jordan Lewis is, uh, as I mean, as well as uh, Chidobe, like both of these guys, they're healthy now, they're getting healthier now and and I think that, that they could that they could probably trust both of these guys individually, so maybe it's time to take the final step which is let's put all the young kids out there by themselves and see if they can swim without without, you know, dad out there to save him. And maybe dad is Byron Jones in this case, and we're all going to yell at Byron Jones a lot for <laughs> you know, for not making the plays, but he's just trying to you know, keep all these young guys who are just like two years younger than him uh, you know, all in place, so we'll see.
0: All right, you kind of commented on Awuzie a lot there, but we'll just kind of tie it down yeah, on that, that one. Yeah, that's how that's uh, I feel about Awuzie too, is we haven't seen a
1: ton, great job so far, but I think it's time to
0: right. see all of these guys, young guys together. Absolutely, and I think... And we talked about him yesterday, but I think he's a cornerback that can play safety. I think he's probably, I think he's probably best suited to play as the outside cornerback. I absolutely love his ball skills. I know he didn't get a ton of interceptions in college, but that's because nobody threw at him because he was so good. So, I, the way I'm looking at the rest of the season, these final four games, I'm going to live and die with the kids playing in my secondary. I want to see Woozie Lewis, Frazier, Byron Jones, Xavier Woods all out there playing. So, and I. I think the Cowboys kind of have to at this point. They're, they're playing so well; might as well see what they can do over the final four weeks. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' first-round pick, Taco Charlton, a guy that's got a lot of uh, a lot of heat on Twitter. Um, I know the Cowboy fans are—I don't want to say upset. Are, are they upset, or is it is it just Cowboys Twitter that's upset with the Taco? Who knows pick? anymore? I know. I,
1: I I think I I think that. <laughs> I mean, I look. I mean, I think other people around the league have started to notice that you know all the other defensive ends in the first round seem to be producing, except for
0: one guy. And so, yeah. Uh, but, but he uh, see, I don't think Taco's playing all that bad. I really don't. I think, I don't he's, think playing he's playing all that significantly bad. Significantly better in the second half of the season. But all right, so here's. I don't think thing. he's playing all that good. I watch, <laughs> which is fine. Um, it, it, this is so funny, but. Uh, I I live near Steeler country up here, so I get to see T.J. Watt every single week, and I know (laughs) early in the season, T.J. Watt was, you know, he had a couple sacks, and everybody was, there was a lot of ruage going around, (laughs) people thinking the Cowboys uh, made the mistake of taking Taco over uh, Watt, but I can tell you, over the last five weeks, Taco has been a better player, and I'm not predicting that Taco is going to be a better player throughout his career, but... I think it's not wise to write off a player who's being coached by Rob Marinelli after his first eight games in the league. I mean, I know Taco has his faults, but I, I see a guy that, you know, obviously has some skill. He's got some athleticism and, you know, with a whole year of development and a whole off season. You know, well, let's see what he is because he went into training camp with absolutely no idea how to rush. Every single, uh, you know, pass rush move was a spin to the inside. Are you seeing that that often anymore? Uh, I mean, he's not eh, – sometimes. <laughs> but it, uh, I, I'm i not discour- – probably as discouraged as everybody else on Taco Charlton. So go ahead and give me your fire takes on why the Cowboys There's no There's no the fire podcast.
1: takes here. Uh, but, uh, but look, I mean <laughs> – uh, I, I think the, the 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 message hasn't changed, and to me, you know, he's he hasn't gotten better. Like I don't, I don't. I mean, that, we'll just disagree on that. See, I I'll Because disagree. because yeah, you okay. know, he got a sack like last week because you know the running back decided to block the guy that he was trying to block him, and so he, yeah, he he made us he he got us. And listen, I'll give it to him for finishing the play when he was unblocked. I'll
0: give kudos. And the forced fumble. And the forced fumble. the fumble. So fumbles, so yeah, nice.
1: when he goes unblocked, he can he can execute the strip sack play. So. Um, but you know, the next play, he gets up, he's excited about the sack, he, you know, he's like, oh yeah, it's you know, I got the sack, he does a taco dance. That's fantastic. The next play, Marcus, what does he do? I, I mean I know you probably don't remember, but but guess what he does. <laughs> does he, he spin? He spins. <laughs> he stands straight up and spins, and the tackle just backs up and it's like, okay, well, where's your pass rush move? And so I just He's not he, – he's, 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 he may be getting better, and, and that may be true, but I don't think it's markedly better, and I don't think the improvement is going to happen until he's had a whole off season to really put some time into the game because that's fine. fine. That's fine. But, fine. I mean, he can't just keep going back to the spin move over and over again because it's terrible. It's just not a good spin move. Like, that's the other thing about it is that, like, it's not even like one of those things where he has one move and he's like really great at it. Like, he has one move and he's really not good at it. Like, it works sometimes.
0: But see, that's why I'm encouraged. But that's why I'm encouraged because he ab- is able to create some pressure and he has absolutely, I, I, absolutely. no
1: you're, moves. No, in You're his pocket. 100% correct. And I completely agree with you. I think that his game is going to be, and I've said this from the beginning. He is going to be a technician. He, but he has to learn the moves first. Like, and he hasn't learned the moves. So, yes, I do. Ha- I do think that Taco is going to provide value for this team, but I don't think it's going to be this year very much. And I don't think I don't it's think it's necessarily going to be next year very much. Uh, hopefully, I'm wrong, and he accelerates that. I think we're talking to 2019 is when you're really going to get a good look at what you got with Taco Charlton. But, but I I just. I mean I I think that's where we are with with the pick. And I think that's where we were with the pick back then. And I think that's what I was trying to tell people at the time. And everyone is, you know, and and of course, yeah. I mean, I I wanted I'm one of the TJ Watt guys, but but I think that the point is is that pass rushers in general don't usually um, you know, hit hit right away. They don't usually provide you results right away. But the ones that do are the athletic explosive ones. Taco Charlton wasn't one of the athletic explosive ones. That's just not his game. So his, his route is going to take a little bit longer. Now, that might mean he might be a more long-lasting player. He could be a guy that plays forever with that kind of skill set in his body. But, but that's t- forever is not today. I
0: still like I him. do too. I, 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 I don't I'm not
1: bashing know. him. I just, that's what I think his trajectory is. And I think that that's a problem if you needed him to play great right away. The great news for the Cowboys is they really didn't. You know, he's he's, fi- he's fine right. doing what he is. Like, I don't have a problem with what he's giving us right now because we need that. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it sucks that it's a first round pick that's providing that, but it's, it's, it's just like Crawford where I just ignore what he's being paid right now. I just just produce like give me something right like yeah you can't I can't change, it change now, that right. now, so just give me something and right now he's giving me
0: something so I'm okay with it yeah I, I don't know I, I the same way I, I think I think uh, taco came into a great situation because he's got a great coach, but I also think he came into one of the worst situations in terms of fit because he's a I think his home is at left defensive end. But he's not a team that got that has 19 different left defensive ends, so he's forced to play out of position. Um, I'm okay with the pick still. That's kind of where we cannot judge this pick until at least year three. I want to see what Marinelli does does with him. I want to see what his plan is. I have a feeling he's going to rework his body a little bit because he has to he has to get stronger. Yeah. Um, I'm encouraged, though. I, I I think he's playing better over the last couple of weeks, so I guess we'll agree to disagree with that. Um, let's really quickly, let's just kind of close in this rookie class. The 2016 rookie class was phenomenal. Uh, this one obviously has a chance to be good. It's not going to live up to that one, of course. But overall, is this a pretty good rookie class for the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I think so. I mean, I think you get, uh, you know, three guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a pretty good class. I mean, if you look at it, you're probably gonna get at least three starters out of it I mean guys who will probably be starters as soon as next year um, with the potential of, 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 of you know maybe a, a fourth and a, and a potentially a fifth you know, down the road so I, I think that's a, yeah. that, that's pretty pretty good class you know
0: you have three right now really with I mean if you consider Jordan Lewis a starter Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods and Chadoby Wozier. So I mean yeah, that's three well, right I don't, there.
1: I mean I guess if if all three of them start next week, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, but my point was that I think that you don't really get you you usually are getting two of those three starting. But you're right. I mean, ultimately, if they both all three start next week, then you can say that you have three starters. I mean, I think definitely in, in 2018, unless you know, some you know, we draft someone high at one of those positions. I think all three of those guys are your starters. So I think yeah. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be happy at least on what you got in the defensive backfield um yeah i think you got you've got your future here um and i know some people are talking about needing to draft a corner next year and, and maybe you do but i i think that there's a very real but there's you don't, you don't have to, have to. yeah don't i don't think you to. have to i think i think i think you you if you got if you've got something great you can take it but i think what, with what you've got and what you know is coming back I think you can make things work I think you could still get something better out of Anthony Brown I he think he just had a bad season I've seen better from Anthony mm-hmm. Brown I think you could. I think that's not a, a difficult salvage and I think that you've got a lot of talent in a lot of the other spots that just need
0: seasoning Alright, did we cover did, it all? Geez. I, I yeah. think we did That's, that's like that's a 45 that's a minute, super minute podcast, yeah, we did podcast it. for you guys <laughs> That's all right. You guys are welcome uh, yeah, so overall, pretty good class, especially when you consider some of their undrafted rookie free yep. agency signs. So that's it for today's show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure you send them in. You can send them to at Cowboys, or you can send them to me at Marcus underscore Mosier. I'll see them. If you send them to Landon, I'm sure he'll ignore them. So at, On- <laughs> at Cowboys at Marcus underscore Mosier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back here tomorrow.